Welcome to the Fully Engaged Church Podcast, your source to help your church grow in ministry effectiveness. We'll connect you with some of the leading thinkers in church world today to help you get fully engaged with your community, with God, and with everyone you encounter. If you're ready to see your church experience what it's like to be fully engaged, you've found the right place. You found today's episode of the Fully Engaged Church Podcast, brought to you by Mag Bookkeeping. Greetings and welcome to a special episode of the Fully Engaged Podcast. And uh, my name is Randy Anji. I'm the uh, president of Mag Bookkeeping and your host for this podcast. Got a special guest today, uh, delighted to have on our podcast, Clay Scroggins, the lead pastor at North Point Community Church in Alpharetta. And uh, that is the main campus. So, Clay, as I understand, uh, about 15 months ago or so, um, Andy Stanley tapped you on the shoulder and asked you to come over from the Brownsbridge campus to the main campus to head things up. So, well, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Randy. I'm uh, super honored, grateful, humbled, honestly, um, and excited about having a conversation. We try, um, I, I, I typically correct people and I do it in a jokey way, but um, we try not to say main campus because oh. for the same reason that you might have multiple children, you probably don't have a main child. We try not to have a main campus, but no, certainly it is the it is our largest campus. It's yeah. our um, original campus, and yeah. uh, most often it's our broadcast campus. So um, yeah, gotcha. It is main in a lot of ways, but yeah. it's it uh, serves serves the rest of the campuses um, with some of that logistics and support that they replicate. Yeah. Awesome. But you know, that's one of the big moves in multi-site. I feel like, you know, multi-site maturation is um, we're just seeing so much of it now. And that's a big step that multi-site churches take is when they move away from the original campus being the main campus. And so we certainly have tried to do that. I mean, probably, five, seven years ago, uh, we created a central organization um, at the campuses. We have solid lines, but then we all, we all have dotted lines to the central organization mm-hmm. and um, try to treat each of the campuses um, as local churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, now we're at a really healthy place where uh, the percentage, this is always a way that I try to gather or uh, measure the the maturity of a multi-site church is the percentage of their attendance that is not from their original or main campus. Hmm. Um, so for hmm. us, we're probably about 30, 35% of our total attendance is from this campus. Hmm. So we have, we have quite a few other substantially large churches. Yes. And I want to, I want to dive into that's one of the things I want to dive into with our time together today is a a little bit about metrics and what you, what you like to see measured uh, when it comes to church effectiveness. As I was sharing before we started recording today, we are called the fully engaged uh, church podcast. And we call ourselves that because we're really trying to promote uh, fuller engagement for people. Um, we want to see people more engaged with God, more engaged in authentic biblical community with one another, and we want to see them engaged in their communities and, right. and serving and reaching out. And we know that you guys at North Point have put feet to that concept for a long time, and um, and so just absolutely delighted to hear from you and and, and connect with you about this. 
Clay, share a little bit about your, your journey, your ministry journey a little bit, and uh, tell us about your family. Sure. Um, I grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, big, my family's, they're big Roll Tide people. So they play a lot of football in Tuscaloosa. Um, I moved to Atlanta in 1998 to attend Georgia Tech. I was an engineering student and got connected with North Point while living in Atlanta. Um, I mean, the best thing that happened to me in college was getting connected to North Point. It, it, uh, my faith really um, became my own in college while I was at North Point. I started volunteering with student ministry. That's where I decided, hey, I think ministry is what I want to do. So when I finished school at Georgia Tech, moved to Texas, went to seminary, Dallas Seminary. Uh, met my wife at Dallas Theological Seminary. That was um, some of the best days of our lives um, that season for us. And then we moved, um, moved to Atlanta. Uh, in 2006, and I worked, I, I bounced back and forth a number of times from North Point to Brownsbridge, which is our northmost campus mm -hmm. in, in the Atlanta area. It's, it's about as far out of Atlanta you can go and still say you live in Atlanta. Right. One of the last, the last stop on the suburb train. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I did student ministry for four or five, six years, and then uh, have been a campus pastor for the last six. So four of those years at Brownsbridge and then the last uh, 15 months here at North Point. I've got uh, my wife, Jenny, and I have four kids. Uh, we've got a seven, a five, a three, and a one-year-old. So um, God, God bless she you. Will be, <laughs> yes, she will be asking me pretty soon, when are you leaving? So <laughs> that's, um, that's a pretty typical day for us. We are at least... Um, a pretty typical conversation for us. Um, yeah, be, being at home right now is a blast. We've yeah. got a lot, a lot of, it's, there's always something fun going on. That is great. Wonderful. That's terrific. Hey, so um, ministry experience goes by in a hurry. Years click by. You've been at it a while. What, what do you, what do you think's changed the most um, in ministry since you, from, from the point where, with, when you entered to today? I'm 35. Um, I started, I mean, I started volunteering at North Point as an 18 year old. So I've really been attending North Point for 17 years. Um, technically I've been on staff for, I think it's maybe 12 or 13 years, but I, I think the church attendance thing probably for me is what, um, that, that's what we're seeing. That's been most substantial. We, we have a love hate relationship with our online offering. We don't call it a campus, but it really is an online experience. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have a we have a guy that's on our um, sits on a, some of our financial teams, um, who was a former CEO of a large um, big box retailer, and he's he's really helped us in a way to think about online because we we definitely have seen our attendance patterns have changed. Certainly, just as the years have gone along, I think people are more um, okay to attend church once a month. Mm -hmm. but certainly, as our online experience has gotten better and better that has also affected our attendance patterns. Yeah. Uh, but he's really helped us see that, you know, the longest time I think we thought online was a competitor for the mm -hmm. brick and mortar church. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're really, you know, our, our, our current data, when we survey the people that uh, for any particular Sunday that are watching online, our current data is telling us that they're not less engaged. They're actually more engaged, yeah. which he said, he says, look, for the longest time we sat in boardrooms and had all of these arguments over what's, you know, is, is the online website going to 
gonna be a competitor to our physical stores? And the answer is no, that people that shop online shop more in the store. And when they yeah. shop more in the store, they shop more online. It actually, they yeah. both fool each other. Yeah. So that, is, that's a, a big learning for us right now. That, and, and again, I, you know, that is a hot button topic. Uh, I just, we just recently had Carrie Newhoff on the podcast. Carrie and I talked about exactly the same thing. What does he, Carrie know about anything? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carrie, I, Carrie is an absolute expert. It's amazing. Um, that guy is so insightful and um, he is the kindest person I think maybe I've, I've ever met. Yep. He, he is. He was, he was a great guest and uh, he certainly, I would, if, if people are finding this podcast, they ought to uh, also find that one because they will pair together very well. Mm-hmm. But that was with Carrie's finding. And, you know, I, I drilled into that with him some, and he said, you know, we believe that the more engaged people are, the more they'll attend. And I said, that makes sense to me. Um, right. And that's a great argument. But, um, you know, I think there there was a season of time where there was a lot of hand wringing about, are we cannibalizing ourselves? That's right. And are we helping put the, uh, the cookies or candy on the low, on too low a shelf for people? Yeah. I think that's, I think that is the wrong, the wrong thinking. Yeah. We're, we're not, I'm not by the, what what I, I, I'm pretty passionate in meetings about this, Randy. And I, I actually did a three, it's amazing how quickly stuff goes out of date, but I did a doctoral dissertation at Dallas seminary and my topic was online church and it's already archaic. You know, <laughs> I think I finished in 2014, but wow. um, I'm really passionate about this with our church because the way we measure engagement, which is a really important question for any church leaders, how, how are you measuring engagement? You, you know, you very clearly measured it, your relationship with God, your relationship with, um, with a community of believers with one another, and then your relationship with your community. We measure engagement for our organization based on, are you inviting people? Are you in a group? Are you serving? And are you giving? Those are for us. Those are the four pillars of engagement. I was in a meeting with a bunch of volunteers recently and I put that up on the board and I said, Hey, you know, just, just a reminder when someone says, how can I be involved? How can I be engaged at North point? This is our answer. Mm-hmm. The guy, a uh, business guy in the back, raised his hand and said, uh, "Hey, where are you getting that from?" And I'm, it kind of, I, I, I stepped back a little bit. I was like, "What? What do you mean? Where am I getting that from?" And he's like, "Well, is this in the Bible?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, <laughs> everything's in the Bible. I mean, it's not not all in one verse, but it's there." <laughs> exactly. And I said, "Well, I mean, yes and no." And then, and he said, "I mean, is this what other churches measure?" And uh, I think he was just trying to find how. Um, what, you know, what, what is our authority to choose these four things? Right. And the truth is, you know, it, it could be, you know, we could have put, go on a mission trip. We could have put, yep. um, engage with a organization outside of our church and our community. Mm-hmm. But for us, for our organization, we chose those four things, giving, serving, being in a group and inviting. Those are our four levels of engagement. And that's, that's what we measure to answer your early question or about measurement. That's, that's our, those are our key measurements. So if somebody's watching online mm-hmm. and yet they're still inviting and they're still giving and they're still in group during the week and they're still serving somehow, somewhere in, in uh, we, we would say strategically serving within one of our environments, we really promote serving outside of our church and other in our community. But for us, we count whether or not you're serving here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's we're, we're okay with that. We're okay. That they're watching online. That's, that's great. And I, I love the fact that you have a, a very definite definition of what it means to be in the core. You know, to be fully engaged. 
I, I've done some coaching of some churches in this area, and I've asked them, you know, what do you consider somebody to be fully, fully engaged or fully, fully landed, fully, fully on board? What, it, what does that mean? And uh, a lot of smaller churches cannot define that. If you cannot define the destination, you can't write directions to it. That's and so I love that, that it's very clear and, and succinct. And the church that I attend now, same thing. They told us right away, you know, this is what, these are the three things or four things that mean that you're, you're, you're fully a part of us. And we, we evaluated it and said, we're in. And so that's a healthy process. The challenge for us, Randy, I mean, you know, we get months into this conversation and then, you know, somebody in a meeting said, you know, I don't know that you have to be a Christian to be engaged in these four things, which that's a legitimate conversation because we actually, you know, um, we, you know, on, on our, one of our four things is not um, that you are in a relationship with Jesus, which that's the, the mission of our church is to lead people into a growing relationship with right. Jesus. Certainly right. value that. We talk a lot about three vital relationships. We define our three vital relationships that we want to measure your intimacy with God, your community with insiders and your influence with outsiders. Hmm. The, the challenge is, um, and, and people have tried and there's certainly products that do that, but it's pretty challenging to try to measure someone's intimacy with God. Oh yeah, I agree. Oh, by the way, I think there were some disciples that were not believers for a long time after Jesus called them to be disciples. And so discipleship starts That's prior true. to conversion in most cases. So great point. talk a little bit about the tension or, you know, the, the need to balance um, vision with execution. I, I, see, I see a lot of churches with good vision that under execute. Talk about how you keep those two things married. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's so hard in our, in our world, it is so hard to not quote Andy all the time. But, <laughs> oh. Andy talks a lot about orchestration and evaluation. And for us, those are two extremely crucial words. I mean, we, we deeply value a clear vision. I feel like we have a clear vision. Um, we deeply value a culture where people can speak into the vision and speak into the direction we're going. But we also value, we deeply value execution. I mean, we want everything to feel so well. And, and the word we use instead of execution is orchestration. We want everything to feel so well orchestrated. Hmm. And um, the way you do that is by marrying orchestration and evaluation. You, you, you make it very clear um, to volunteers, to people on our team, hey, this Sunday, this is how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. We want you to speak into the process, but for this Sunday, mm -hmm. this is how we're going to do it. Now that doesn't, you know, the danger is that quickly becomes, this is how we've always done it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really try to, um, we try to reject that question um, with a lot of passion and intentionality because mm -hmm. that's such an extremely dangerous question. But for this Sunday, we want to be really clear. This is how we're going to do it. And then we have, um, very active evaluation hmm. where we reach as deep into the organization as we can. Um, and, and in fact, just today, this morning, uh, we sat with our leadership team here at North Point Community Church and we just did a survey. We have 5,500 people that serve 
um, at North Point and we had a survey of all, an all volunteer survey. I think it's the first time that I can remember that we've surveyed all of our volunteers hmm. with the same survey. And it, you know, it was pretty classic questions. How satisfied are you? Would you, mm-hmm. do you feel valued? Would you recommend mm-hmm. to a friend? Would you do this again? Mm-hmm. Uh, how's the communication? Is it timely? Is it clear? Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel connected to other volunteers? And then we asked them, what do you like most? What do you like least? What do you want to improve? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, out of the 5,500, I think we had 1,900 people fill out the survey, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Out of those, we had um, about 5,000 write-in comments. Wow. And over the last couple of days, I've been reading every single one of them. Wow. And um, I know, I know very clearly right now where we are not executing. That's, yeah. And I know really clearly where volunteers do not feel like they have a voice to help us evaluate. Mm-hmm. And both of those are um, extremely important. Wow. So yeah, you, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, no, that's, that's a great answer. And um, I used to, um, I used to lead uh, continuous process improvement at a, at a company that I used to work for and I actually had the uh, task of trying to bring co- what's known as qualitative assessment into, yes. into a service sector business. That yeah. was kind of in the early days of that. Deming, you know, took quantitative assessment into uh, manufacturing in the in the 40s in Japan and revolutionized the auto industry and other industries because the United States didn't want to apply what he had. But anyway, the next iteration of that was to service sector. And, and now I see churches using a lot of those principles. Yep. But the key yep. to qualitative assessment is asking the right things and knowing ahead of time how you're going to evaluate, not yep. waiting. Because I've seen some of these where you... You, you, pull it, you pull the uh, worship planning team together on Monday and say, well, how did it go? Well, it's pretty good. I don't know. There, I, I saw a lot of hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seemed, people seem, yeah. they seem, yeah. And, it, you know, instead of starting with the fact that you framed what, you, what a win was, yeah. and that's Andy language again, what a win is, you know, well, what, you define the win beforehand so you can't wiggle away from it after when you get ready to evaluate. Our volunteers, and this is true for every for every church. Now, whether they admit that it's true or not um, is a different conversation, or or whether they actually organize around it. But we're really trying to um, uh, continue to make our volunteers that they are they are our key um, our, our our key constituents. Um, it's real easy for us, in some ways, to say, "Well, it's the people that attend." Well, it's the people that don't attend. For us, it really is our leaders, and so. That's a, that's a crucial survey for us because mm-hmm. uh, we hand off so much ministry to our volunteers. And if, mm-hmm. if they don't feel like the vision's clear, if they don't feel that they have the authority to speak in and evaluate, or if they don't feel like they have what they need to be able to execute, um, we will not win. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah, well said. That's a great example of, scaling and, and paying attention to the right things as a leader as things scale uh, and grow. Hey, with our little bit of remaining time, speak to us about your take on the difference between influence and authority. Um, I see a lot of young pastors and young leaders get tripped up on authority versus influence. Sure. Well, that, this is a, that's a um, passion point for me. Um, you know, working this campus pastor role, Randy, is a, such a unique role, and it's so interesting because, 
you know, 10 years ago, this, this job did not exist. And now, um, you know, with the, with the rise of multi-site church, th- this is popping up everywhere. Um, I know, I, I, I know where I could go if I want to learn how to be a student pastor. Um, it, it's challenging to know, well, what do I do if I, as a campus pastor and, and influence and authority is really coming to question for me because, you know, ultimately I'm working for someone. Uh, I, when, I, when I moved out to Brownsbridge, that's 20 miles away. Um, I felt like I was uh, at this remote village, you know, and I thought, oh, I'm headed out here and I'm going to have full authority. We're going to be able to do whatever we want. We're going to have all the freedom in the world. And um, I quickly realized that is certainly not the case that we are, because we do really value execution, we're highly orchestrated, even at our campuses. Yes. We like to think that we're very, that we really value independence. And, and we do, we really try to give leaders the authority and the autonomy to innovate and to try new things. But we also really value buying into the system and we have a pretty clear system. So um, that was a real challenge for me pretty immediately to go, oh, wait a second. Um, the, the steering wheel doesn't work. You, you know what I think about is that those grocery carts that my kids use where I put them in and they're using the little wheel and they're thinking, this is so awesome. I'm, I'm driving a car and then this candy aisle, we pass the candy aisle and they start turning the wheel and then the cart doesn't turn and they look up at you with this disappointment. Like the wheel doesn't work. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's I mean, that's, gosh, that moment when that feeling sets in as a campus pastor is pretty, um, is pretty empty, but everyone, everyone feels that way. I mean, every student pastor, every church planner, every, every, everyone's felt the feeling of, oh no, I don't have near as much authoritative control as I thought I had. Mm-hmm. And what we end up doing, what I ended up doing, I should say, is passively throwing my hands up saying, well, if you don't give me all the authority, then I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to abdicate. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an awful, awful dis, uh, move for that. That's, that's, that's not a leadership move. So mm-hmm. great leaders do not do that. Yeah. Um, but instead I have learned to try to cultivate influence and to try to say, you know what? Um, I'm in the seat that I'm in. I don't have all the authority. The truth is no one really has all the authority. Yeah. Um, and, and the truth is if you did have all the authority, we don't even like leaders that lead like that anyway. So. No, no, we don't. <laughs> so learn how to lead right where you are with using influence. And if you don't know how, then learn how to cultivate it. Yes. And it'll make you better now. It'll make you better then. It'll make you better when you do happen to get more authority. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that's been that that's been by far the biggest thing that I've learned over the last few years. And and, and campus pastoring has taught me that because it's such a unique, um, a unique role where you're kind of expected to do, do the job as, as the senior pastor, yet you don't have authority to do that necessarily. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't, you just have to learn how to leverage influence. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, as you, as you leverage influence and you, and you uh, encourage others around you to leverage influence, it does live out your staff values. One of them making things better. That's, that's right. how things get better. So that's yeah, yeah it's a, kind of a virtuous circle. That's a it good thing. It really is, yeah, as opposed to the doom loop, I guess. Yeah, that should be right. your book, Randy, How to Avoid the Doom Loop instead <laughs> find yourself in the virtuous circle. The virtuous circle instead of the doom loop. Those are good, uh, good metaphors for progress. We, um, we at Mag Bookkeeping talk a little bit on occasion. This is totally ripped off from Jim Collins, but we love his flywheel, you know, and yeah. um, ministries – 
churches, uh, businesses that are, are going in the right direction, understand the principle of a flywheel and, you know, and then engaging and evolving people in that process. So that's great. Um, that is awesome, uh, Clay. I really appreciate you taking time to, uh, to, to share your experience and wisdom with us on the podcast. Um, I know many will find that helpful. Um, uh, we'd like to put a link, but uh, tell, tell us how people could uh, email you or connect with you. Sure. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, um, Snapchat as well. I'm, I'm having a hard time getting into Snapchat. You know, I'm 35, so I was born in 1980. I'm like right on the, I'm right on the breaking point between a Gen X and a Gen Y. But mm -hmm. anyway, so that's how you can find me. Um, I'm at North Point Community Church. I don't, I don't have a personal website. I, okay. I, you know, northpoint.org is our church's website. But gotcha. mm -hmm. yep. That's my, um, that's my public profile, I guess you could say. Gotcha. Will do. Well, um, we'll, we'll we're going to share a link to that. Um, folks, the other thing I wanted to remind everybody of is please visit us at magbookkeeping.com. You'll see a podcast button on our website. Go to, this, go to the podcast and click on the episode entitled Clay Scroggins uh, Leadership Principles. And when you click on that, you'll not only um, um, be able to share this link with others, uh, the podcast you're listening to, but you can get a full transcript of the show notes as well so that you don't have to take notes as you're listening, obviously, to, uh, to uh, what Clay has shared. And also, Clay, there on that same uh, area, we'll put um, a link to connect with you along with those show notes. And so um, thank you again for, for uh, joining us, sharing your wisdom. And the other thing I'd like to encourage people to do is if you haven't done this, please subscribe to the Fully Engaged podcast so that you don't miss any of these episodes. We've got great guests on twice a month. And um, again, do this to try to encourage growth and an ongoing conversation as church continues to unfold. We, we really want to be um, helpful in that conversation. And if you have subscribed, please go to iTunes and rate us. That would also help us. Um, and uh, of course, the other thing we encourage you to do is if you like the podcast, please share it with uh, folks you know, because we'd love to grow that influence. And Clay, I don't know if you're like this, but I'm kind of a binge podcast listener. So once I find a good podcast, I, I tend to go in and listen to all the episodes. When I first found Andy's, I did that. And I also did that with Carrie Newhoff's. And so yeah. now I'm a reg regular subscriber to both of them and appreciate that very much. But Randy, thank you for having yeah. me. And I'm, um, again, just um, grateful for the opportunity to get to share my thoughts and look forward to hearing thoughts of others as well. Sounds great. Again, thanks a million for being on the, on the podcast. I know people will benefit greatly by your experience and the things you've, you've shared with us today. So, hey folks, until next time, take care and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Fully Engaged Church Podcast, brought to you by Mag Bookkeeping. For more information on helping your church become more fully engaged, visit us at magbookkeeping.com or follow us on Twitter at MagBookkeeping. Join us next time for another episode of the Fully Engaged Church.